Hello, New Orleans Saints fans. I am Todd Graffinini, digital media contributor for your New Orleans Saints, and it is a bi-week edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Saints pulling one out on Monday night in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. 30-27, to 27, an overtime victory against the Los Angeles Chargers. It definitely got hairy there in the first half. It got hairy at the end of regulation, thanks to the money badger, a 50-yard doink off the right upright. We go to overtime, Will Lutz with the field goal, and then, of course, Marshawn Lattimore, the game-saving defensive play on fourth down, halting Mike Williams from a first down that would have continued the drive. We'll get into all of that. And the Saints are 3-2, and two, heading into the bye week. Right now, a three-way tie atop the Wild and Wooly already NFC South. To help break it all down, it is my pleasure to bring in from the Athletic, Larry Holder. Larry, thanks for joining me on this bi-week edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You got it, Todd. And yes, I would say that that these past two games have certainly been, uh, Harry is definitely (laughs) a great description of these last two games. But here's the thing. Look, the Saints kind of put themselves, they're back against the wall at one and two. And look, the Lions are a better football team than people gave them credit for going into that game. And honestly, the Chargers, like they're one and four, their record could be four and one. I mean, they've played big time quarterbacks, have hung tough, have been in positions to win. So the fact that the Saints were able to pull out both of those games, especially with some definite glaring uh, issues uh, within, say, every phase of, of this team. I feel like they put themselves in a good spot. And at this point, uh, as you alluded to, three and two, everyone, uh, the top three teams in the NFC South in a column I wrote in The Athletic, that you can't go on cruise control right now because every team outside of Atlanta is playing pretty well <laughs> and, and has to – you know, and they're going to start playing each other. Like the Saints are going to play Carolina. They're going to play Tampa. Carolina's already played Tampa, and uh, Tampa's won that. So you're going to get starting into where they're going to start uh, kind of picking each other off. Well, Larry, I, look, post game, and of course, just kind of the the day after listening to all the talk about the Saints Chargers game, you would think that the Saints lost the game, uh, judging by fan reaction, Twitter, social media what have you. This is my philosophy, okay? Wins are very hard to come by in the NFL. And when it's all said and done, when you played 16 games, and hopefully in 2020 we do get to the 16-game mark, no one is going to care how you won the game. Uh, I recall a couple years ago, remember the, the Ravens game in Baltimore when Justin Tucker, who literally never missed an extra point, missed one for the Baltimore Ravens, and the Saints won that game by one. Nobody remembers that other than the fact that the Saints won the game. And to me right now, the Saints just need to stockpile wins however they get them. And, yes, did they play perfect football? Absolutely not. Are there a lot of things to work on? Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely there are. But the fact of the matter is they found a way to win the game, and that is going to mean something down the road. And when you look at just the way these past four seasons have kind of started off, look, every season's from 2017, they've started off slow and kind of had to figure things out. And each year it's been kind of a a different problem. 
and they've been able to overcome that. And look, like as far as with the Saints uh, this season, you know, they've look last week they were without six starters. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas missed his fourth game uh, in a row. Of course, this was a little bit different uh, than the last one, but and that was kind of a last look, last day of game planning kind of a deal. And the Saints were able to overcome that. Look, the offense started slow, then they picked it up. And defense, I feel like uh, one thing you can take away from it is that they certainly got pressure on Justin Herbert. I mean, uh, according to uh, the NFL's next-gen stats, uh, the Saints had 20 pressures on Justin Herbert last night. That is a ton of pressures. And you were seeing it from, like, Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Trey Hendrickson, you know, uh, Marcus Davenport made his debut, uh, and he got he got a couple of pressures. So you were seeing some positivity in some areas. Now they've got to improve in some spots. But Todd, you're right. Look, it's so razor thin. Like I said, the Chargers could easily be three and two, four and one. I mean, it is such a razor thin margin in the NFL. And when you're three and two, and you're probably not playing your best football. I think that bodes well going forward. And I feel like I've said that, like I said, 2019, 2018, 2017. So uh, if you're going to count out this team, I think you're probably mistaken right now. That is Larry Holder of The Athletic, our guest today on this bi-week edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek Saints 3-2 and two, going into the bye and then coming out of the bye, the Carolina Panthers and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who has them playing very well right now at uh, three wins in a row. Going back to the Charger game, Larry, uh, I mean, I don't know how the Saints could play a, a worse quarter and a half out of the gate. I mean, 20 to three, you basically spotted them two touchdowns, uh, one with the interception that got returned back to the one. And then, of course, the roughing the punter penalty after the Saints forced a three and out. Uh, and the, the Chargers wound up scoring on that drive. So it's 20 to three. And you're thinking, my goodness gracious, there's just no life in the team. Obviously, there are no fans in the Dome. But I thought that touchdown drive right before halftime was huge. Now, considering the Saints got the ball to start the second half, weren't able to score, but it was almost a two-for-one situation. But that touchdown right before halftime, I thought, was a big momentum turner in the ballgame. Uh, that was critical. Uh, it showed that the Saints' offense uh, could get – going uh you started seeing emmanuel sanders that's when he really started being used and of course he had a monster game and he needed to i mean the second week in a row where they've really needed him and he was definitely drew Brees's uh favorite and most reliable target uh outside of say alvin Kamara. uh but they absolutely needed that drive and it's almost like you you could start you could you could feel okay this is a little bit more normal. The Saints can come back from this. Uh, look, the Chargers under Justin Herbert, you know, they're not used to winning games. So if you, as long as you keep the pressure on them and, and build that momentum, and that's what they were able to do. And like I said, in the second half, you started seeing the defense certainly get more pressure on Justin Herbert. I mean, they only scored seven more points right. the rest of the game. And so, you know, you, but, but you needed every single point and every single – uh, pseudo break like the doink on the field goal but look you know the Saints put themselves in, in a position to where they had to come all the way back and score at the end uh, of regulation you know you have a blown coverage uh, whether it's Patrick Robinson uh, or PJ Williams you've seen too many miscommunications in pass coverage uh, so yet the Saints 
more often than not, have been able to overcome those. And so, uh, you know, that's something that uh, that is basically teaching moments. That's not talent moments. So you, I feel like you could be taught that and, and be able to improve upon that. And so at least you're getting some of these out of the way in a win and early on in the season. And Todd, usually when you think back on these successful seasons, you don't remember all these crazy game details right. early on. You just remember right. the win. And if you start piling up the wins, bad things might happen to you in the course of a game, but then you get, you get a little bit of momentum thinking, all right, we're never out of this thing. And because uh, you could have thought that they were out of it in Detroit early on with all of the, the COVID scare and going down 14, nothing. And then this game, when you're down 20 to three, you thought, Oh, well, this is, uh, you know, they're packing it in, but no, both times they didn't. And so that, I, you know, that is certainly the silver lining. And it's odd for me to say a silver lining because <laughs> they won the game. Exactly. And look, you could go every single year, Larry, if you've got a successful season, you're going to win at least one game like this, where you're basically you're behind the entire game. I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, it was the Washington game in the, in the Superdome. Uh, you go back into the 09 season. I mean, I mean, I'm going back a ways, but that was the, the Washington game, uh, the Robert Meacham game. I mean, games you're not supposed to win, you wound up winning. And look, eventually that is the mark of a good team. And I don't think the Saints, if they're looking in the mirror right now, yes, they're three and two, but it's really a coach's dream, Larry. If you're winning games and you got a lot to work on and a lot to teach, uh, I think that's what, what really gets coaches fired up about their job. And, and Sean Payton uh, definitely thinks that they've got a lot of work to do, but you'd rather have a lot of work to do at three and two than two or three or one and four. Right. The fact that you're winning these games through some of these issues, penalties, uh, you know, some, at least the offense probably is these past three games, uh, barring this past uh, first half, look, the offense is starting to get going. I'm going to assume that Michael Thomas will be back uh, for week seven uh, against Carolina. So I, I feel like the offense is only going in the right direction. Uh, but the thing that you're having to, you're able to do, and I feel last year, Todd, where I don't know that the Saints maybe felt that they ran away with the division uh, and then maybe they got to the playoffs and got a little flat. Look, I think a little bit of competition with Tampa and Carolina and combine that with some things that you need to work on. I think that kind of gets you motivated and keeps you going and keeps you fresh and on edge. And so, you know, it's a, it's something where they're not in cruise control. And I think that's a really good thing because I feel like at the end of last year, they were playing well, but you know, one blip on the radar and they were done even, you know, and so it's something that I feel like, this team can use this to benefit, but they do have to cut down on these mistakes. If they don't, a team like Carolina can beat them. Look, Chicago has been surprising. Uh, you know, uh, they got to play Tampa. San Francisco has been up and down, but that's basically the next four games. So uh, all teams that you've got to be ready to play, uh, because if you make some of these mistakes, uh, you know, they're going to bite you again. That is Larry Holder of The Athletic, our guest today on New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Todd Graffinini. And Larry, the other thing, just to kind of piggyback on that point, you can't keep falling down 14 nothing and 20-3. to It's just not realistic to come back and win games like that. Now the Saints have been able to do that, but as the schedule toughens up considerably, 
that that's not going to be feasible. No, I wouldn't want to fall behind uh, against the Bucks again. Uh, you know, I know they didn't before, but I wouldn't want to fall behind against them now. And uh, it's here's the thing: like it is so razor thin. You can't you can't play by that. That you know you're living on the edge every week. I feel like those were the days of 2014 to 2016. You're living right. on the edge every week, and you go 500 or a little worse. So you, you can't obviously do that, but. Uh, when you look at, uh, like, I, like I said, I keep harping on that defensive front looked really good. It's probably the best as far as pass rushing we've seen all season. And it coincides with Davenport coming back, Sheldon Rankins uh, playing, you know, uh, David Onyemata back in there healthy. Uh, Cam Jordan is starting to kind of pick his game up too. Trey Hendrickson has been really good. He's been arguably yep. the, their best defensive player the entire season. Now he has four and a half sacks. And so, uh, you know, you're starting to get that th- that ball rolling. And if that ball can get rolling, especially against, let's see, the next few quarterbacks are going to be playing. Look, Teddy Bridgewater, more of a pocket guy. Uh, Nick Foles, more of a pocket guy. Tom Brady, obviously a pocket guy. You know, it, you know who knows who's going to be the quarterback in the 49ers. If you could get that pass rush going, it certainly helps – the rest of the defense out and you you started seeing it a little bit in Detroit and I thought you saw a lot of it against the Chargers just a few more minutes with Larry Holder and again thank Larry for his time from the athletic course covers uh, the team outstanding every single week follow Larry at Larry Holder and of course subscribe to the athletic for that coverage uh, Larry Again, just a couple more minutes left. I want to go into all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. And I'm going to ask you, uh, as far as the units themselves as a whole, what needs to get better for the Saints? Let's start with the offense in, in areas that they need to improve on. Offensively, uh, I would say really just being able to continue drives. You know, I feel like they've struggled on third down. Uh, you know, sometimes – uh, look, we saw Taysom Hill score that touchdown, but sometimes that's gotten a little bit predictable. Uh, but he came through when they certainly needed him to come through uh, on Monday night. But I, I think they need to be uh, a little more open in the, in the passing game as far as, uh, you know, Drew Brees, he had, let's see, Emmanuel Sanders, and that was kind of his main guy. You know, Jared Cook was open, uh, got the touchdown. Uh, but look, I, I feel like just sustaining drives. I think they need to do that. Uh, and that really kind of goes in all phases because I like what's going on in the running game. Uh, Drew Brees has been uh, solid, if not good, the past three weeks. But I think sustaining drives, uh, you know, converting on third down, I think the Saints uh, need to improve in that area. Do I need to ask you about defense or is that kind of a consensus? Uh, as far no as more <laughs> breakdowns in coverage. No more big plays cut down on penalties. <laughs> You know, look, and these aren't no-name guys that are back there. So I feel like, uh, you know, uh, uh, think, well, here's the thing. For example, last night for, for Marshawn Lattimore, he was going to follow Keenan Allen the whole game. And I know he gets jacked up for these big matchups. Then Allen goes out, and then I think his role maybe got a little bit uncertain and uh, maybe rattled him. I'm not trying to make uh, excuses for him, but he was going to follow Keenan Allen around the whole time. Uh, but the miscommunications, I mean, we, we've seen him too much. And that needs to change, uh, even though they've been able to overcome some of them, that certainly needs to change on that end. Yeah, and I know I'm going a little off script here, but look, 
and you talked about it earlier, the defense really did not play that poorly last, uh, excuse me, on Monday night when you're talking about tackles for loss, pressuring the quarterback. Now, they weren't able to get any turnovers, but still they were able to get off the field on third down uh, more, more often than not. So I think, as you talked about earlier, they, they are definitely trending up as a unit. Uh, and when we talk about special teams, I would be remiss if uh, I didn't mention Marquez Callaway, who I thought played very well in the absence of Deontay Harris last night and probably showed a lot of Saints fans. Some, I mean, obviously, we, we'd never seen him uh, back there because there was no preseason games, but I thought he showed out very well. And of course, you got Will Lutz and Thomas Morstead, who, of course, are at the top of their games. Yeah, I think that was good for Callaway. And it feels like that if the Saints are in a pinch, they can lean on him. And you're seeing him play a little bit more on offense and Breeze going to him. Uh, look, he might be one of those deep threat guys, maybe offensively. But, yeah, look, Callaway, I think that was a welcome surprise. And he, he seemed to be playing well. Uh, you know, look, he got had some returns called back for some holding calls. But, uh, look, the fact that he's you could see he's got some bursts and able to do that. And, look, how clutch has Will Lutz been this year? I mean, Absolutely. guy's not missing, period. Look, we always talk about kickers and their mentality. You, you just assume all you could like turn away and just assume, all right, Will Lutz makes the field goal. And, you know, so now, now Thomas Moore said, look, he, he definitely uh, had a good game last night. And so uh, uh, struggled a little bit these last couple of weeks, but uh, you know, Moore said again, though, is one of those guys uh, that you just assume is going to get the job done. And so look, I think special teams uh, outside of some of the holding penalties, uh, you know, I, I feel like that they're in a good spot. And now you have, like you said, Callaway, I think, brings you a couple of options, uh, you know, with Harris and Callaway uh, able to uh, return kicks now. Wrapping it up here with Larry Holder of The Athletic on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Larry, again, you mentioned it in your column. Uh, Saints are three and two. And look, they've run away with the division quite literally the last couple of years. Uh, I think your line to end your piece uh, was buckle up, Houdat fans. I hope you're ready because I think that's what we're in for. I think it's going to be a bumpy ride, but a fun ride because, look, ultimately it, with, with so many other teams right now in the NFL with good records, it's going to be tough if you're not at a 10, maybe 11 win to, to even get a wild card type of situation. So winning the division is always the goal, and it's your first – entrance into the playoffs you don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing but it looks like it is a three-team race that's going to go all the way down to the wire and uh people just better be ready for it yeah at least there is an extra playoff spot this year uh you know seven teams get in only the, the first seed gets a bye uh so that could open up three teams and make it in division but but look you know i just think that the saints are good we knew tampa was going to be improved i didn't know if carolina was going to improve this much and especially without christian mccaffrey but they are. And so when they get McCaffrey back uh, and these teams, it's, it's almost a different feel. You're so used to say a Cam Newton uh, led uh, Panthers team or a Jameis Winston led Bucks team. And it's too, it's different. And yet the saints are kind of the same. So I feel like it's exciting and it's something that you, obviously saints fans are going to want to watch, but uh, it's almost something like you can't take your eye off it. Cause uh, you know, those, those teams are improving and, and yet the Saints, they're still the three-time reigning NFC South champs. And technically, right now, they're leading the division because they have the best division yep. record. So they're, they're technically first in the three-way tie. 
Larry, as always, thank you so much for your time, your insight. We always enjoy it. And again, uh, Saints fans, how are they able to connect with you on social media? Absolutely. At Larry Holder on Twitter. And don't forget theathletic.com slash New Orleans. Myself, Jeff Duncan, Catherine Terrell. I'm sure all your listeners know our names. I've been covering the team for as long as anyone in this market. So uh, jump on in-depth coverage from myself, Jeff, and Catherine, theathletic.com slash New Orleans. Appreciate the time, Larry. Thanks so much. All right, Todd. Thanks, buddy. That is Larry Holder of The Athletic on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seeky. Just a reminder to all Saints fans, just like all of you, Seeky can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Saints and sing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy, well, easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Hope everybody out there enjoys the bye week. Again, the Saints will be back in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in a couple of weeks against the Carolina Panthers for a rare noon kickoff. I am Todd Graffinini. want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, Daniel Salerson producing the pod. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the bye. I am Todd Graffinini, and this has been the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CQ.